10 Tips for Monetizing Your Podcast with Affiliates. Welcome to The Audacity to Podcast, episode 285. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Whether you're podcasting for business or pleasure, promoting affiliate products and services can be a great way to monetize your podcast. So I want to share with you 10 tips to help you use affiliates effectively. Now, before you tune out and think, oh, I don't need to monetize or affiliates or all of this is marketing speak and unnecessary weird things like that. Keep in mind that you don't have to monetize in order to profit from your podcast. And I talk about that frequently inside Podcaster Society, where profit is not only money, and it doesn't have to be money at all. But also, I don't think monetization should be your primary focus on the other side of these things, even if you're doing a commercial podcast. Nevertheless, bringing in some extra money can help you continue and even improve your podcast. Because what could you do if you had a few extra dollars for your podcast? Well, you could pay for better hosting or maybe uh, upgrade the hosting you have. You could upgrade your microphone. You could purchase products or services that you'd like to review for your podcast since you're not getting them for free or other opportunities that could make your podcast and your content, your presentation, all kinds of things like that could be much better. You could use those few extra dollars from mypodcastreviews.com so you could see all of your global podcast reviews and have those automatically delivered to you. Or you could join Podcaster Society so you could discover new ways that you could make your podcast even better and grow your audience. You probably won't get rich with your affiliate income unless you have a really big audience and your audience is really engaged and buys things that you recommend. Then yes, you could make a lot of money, but this isn't necessarily the way that you're going to get rich, most likely from your podcast and the kinds of things podcasters typically recommend. Usually getting rich involves a lot of other work. And this isn't completely passive where You can simply sit back and make lots of money while you're asleep in your chair. You do have to do some work and you need to do it well. That's what this episode will be about is to show you how you can use affiliates well. And if nothing else, it is nice to get a few extra dollars to be able to support your podcast and better serve your audience. Before I get into these 10 tips, it is important for you to understand what an affiliate is and is not. An affiliate program is where a company gives you a special link or some kind of promo code maybe that you can then promote their product or service to your audience. When people take action with that link or promo code, you may earn a commission. These are usually based on a percentage of whatever the referral spends, and that percentage could be anything really. Typically, I see one to 50%, as high as 75%, depends on the product itself and the marketer and what's behind it and such. But some programs choose to pay a flat rate for a particular thing. So maybe it's every customer you refer, you get $5, $10, $50, whatever it is, regardless of what that customer spends at that program. Affiliate programs are different from sponsorships. Here's the primary way that affiliates are different from sponsorships. Nearly anyone can join affiliate programs as long as you comply with their terms and maybe meet some basic requirements. 
But sponsorships are far more targeted and carefully picked by the companies because a sponsorship is much more like an endorsement. It's not a complete endorsement, but it is closer to it than an affiliate relationship. Affiliate relationships are very passive on the part of the company providing the product or service, but sponsorships are more active where they give you specific calls to action. They may give you feedback. They give you certain banners that you need to use these things or you must use these certain resources or you must recommend us in a certain way. That's not to say that affiliates won't have certain requirements of what you can and can't do, but generally affiliate relationships are a lot more relaxed than sponsorships are. So now here are 10 tips to help you use affiliates effectively. You can follow along in the show notes for this episode number 285 at com slash affiliate tips. Number one, seek to meet your audience's needs. Number two, promote what you truly believe in. Number three, become an ambassador. Number four, make it relevant and get creative. Number five, give simple calls to action. Number six, track each podcast's earnings separately. Number seven, comply with laws, terms, and common sense ethics. Number eight, simplify your process. Number nine, remember your international audience. And number 10, be patient. Let's dive into these in detail. Number one, seek to meet your audience's needs. Your listener or viewer is most important in monetizing your podcast. If what you want to promote isn't relevant to them, either by need or by desire, then it's not worth whatever income you might earn from that thing. You might not even earn anything at all if that thing is not important to your audience member. They don't need it or they don't want it. So get to know your audience to discover their needs. And you can do that by asking them questions about their pain points, as well as asking them about what they enjoy, how they enjoy your content, how they use your content, how they engage with what you tell them in your podcast, and many other things like that. You can understand them better. You may think a particular affiliate program is a perfect fit for your audience, but you might discover after some testing or some conversations that your audience may not need that thing, they may not want it, or maybe they can't afford it. For example, the average listener to my Once Upon a Time podcast probably doesn't need a new way to watch the TV show because they already watch the TV show. So why would I promote, hey, watch Once Upon a Time on this particular show or this channel when they already know how to watch Once Upon a Time. They're watching Once Upon a Time, and then they're coming to the podcast. They're probably also not interested in internet business products because it's, it's not all that relevant to them. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some people in my audience that might be interested in that, but the majority of my audience would not be interested in those kinds of off-topic products or services. When you meet your audience's needs with your recommendations, and it's usually within relevant context, your audience will be far more likely to take action on that thing that you recommend. Now, there are those times when you may need to make it relevant to them in how you explain it, but I'll get more into that in a little bit later. That's number one, seek to meet your audience's needs. Number two, promote what you truly believe in. When you promote something, it's a form of endorsement from your reputation, and and companies know host-endorsed sponsorships are more powerful than ad insertions. And here's the really cool thing. Host-endorsed sponsorships are even preferred by the audiences, and the audience is far more likely to take action on some kind of host-endorsed ad or recommendation than some kind of inserted ad. 
So consider carefully whether you truly believe your audience will be well served with what you're promoting. It is okay to use affiliate links for things you may not like, such as within comparisons or reviews. After all, not everyone will agree with your conclusion and your criticism may actually convince them why they want the thing you don't recommend. Right now is election season in the United States. And I might come out and say, oh, you shouldn't vote for such and such candidate because they think America needs to be its own nation. They think Americans should have a good job and have a family. And they think Americans deserve to be protected. And they think Americans deserve freedoms and rights and liberties. And I'm sorry, but I I just can't support the candidate because they stand for all of these things for America. Now, if I, that, that is not my political position, by the way, that I'm against all of those things. But if I said something like that, you'd probably think, well, wait a minute, I'm for all of those things. So, yeah, I want to vote for that candidate that you don't like, because since you're against all those things and you dislike that person, I'm for all of those things. So I would probably like that person. So see, my criticism of that can help you make a more informed decision, even though that decision is completely the opposite of my actual recommendation. Or here's another example of this. I'm an affiliate for a podcast transcription service, just in case someone truly needs a podcast transcription service, but I don't promote the affiliate link. You probably didn't even know I had one. And if you've been following me for longer than a couple months, then you probably know how negative I am toward podcast transcriptions as a replacement for quality show notes. I know there are some cases where a podcast transcription is helpful. That's very rare. And I think most of the time you can still serve your audience better in other ways. But there are those cases where you might want a podcast transcription service. So I do have an affiliate relationship with one provider. And I might recommend that if someone were to come asking, saying, I know you don't like transcriptions, but I know I need a transcription. Who do you recommend for that? And you don't have to limit yourself to only what you have personally used, but try to at least research anything you recommend, even if you only know the quality of the company enough to endorse new things they offer. For example, Zoom, who makes the Zoom H4n, H5, H6, H4n Pro, I know the quality of their products, so when they release a new recorder, I know most likely I'll probably like that new recorder or I have some reason to recommend it. All I need to know really is what makes this recorder different from what they've offered before or what they currently offer and when might I want to recommend that one instead of the others. I don't have to try every single device because they already have a reputation to me that I know I can trust. Or here's another example. When Harry's sponsored one episode of the Audacity podcast, I got to try a Harry's Razor and in my own testing, and they didn't ask me to do this, but in my own testing, I compared the Harry's Razor to a fresh a typical off-the-store-shelf brand that you might be familiar with. And that experience then gave me personalized talking points that allowed me to be more effective in my promotion. And in case you're wondering, yes, I'm still using and now paying for Harry's razors because I convinced myself and I truly believe in what I advertised. They're not paying me anymore. And if you want to say, I think my promo code still saves you maybe $5 or something, you can use promo code NOODLE. I don't get paid anything for that. But if you want to check out Harry's Razors, you can do that. I'm not getting paid for this sponsorship. I don't get paid. That's not an affiliate link or anything like that. But it is something that I now truly believe in. And so I can speak from experience on that thing. For you, 
promote what you truly believe in, what you know you can recommend. There may be certain caveats to your recommendation. Sure, that can happen with almost anything. But do you truly believe that it is a worthwhile solution? Or are you merely recommending it because you might make a few bucks from it? I hope you're truly recommending a quality solution that you believe in. That's number two. Number three, become an ambassador. Instead of being merely a catalog of recommendations, we could call it, promote the product or service as if it was your own or you had some kind of vested interest in it. Here are some ideas to get you started thinking in this way. You could make a review and explain why you like this thing, especially why you like it more than alternatives. You could make tutorials showing how to use the product or service. You could create a landing page that educates your referral on their decision instead of merely pointing them to the product page where they have to come to their own decision based on what they see about that product. You could offer to help your audience with the decision or with the thing you recommend. You could create a bonus offer for some kind of high-value affiliate or joint venture, commonly called JV, deal. Becoming an ambassador for your recommendations will help your audience make their decision. It also builds further influence and authority for yourself and possibly even opens a relationship between you and the provider, a relationship that can be worth far more than money. It can be worth far more than what you get from the affiliate sales. For example, I now podcast with an ElectroVoice RE320 dynamic microphone, and this was given to me by ElectroVoice because they were familiar with my videos and my endorsements on the product even before I owned the product, but based on my research and testing, I knew this is the microphone I would love to switch to. It's the microphone I recommend people use. It's a very universal microphone that works great for almost any voice. It's nicely sensitive and all of these great things about it. The company heard that kind of stuff. So when they met me in a B show 2016, they recognized me and they said, we would love for you to be podcasting with one of our microphones. So here, take this, please podcast with this and tell everyone about the microphone. And that was fantastic. And I didn't start that because I thought, oh, what's a microphone I can recommend and make a lot of money from? No, I started that because I wanted to give value. And in a very real way, I became a sort of ambassador for the product and for the company. And I benefited from that and now a relationship with the company and yes, a free microphone along the way. Relationships are far more valuable than dollars. Always remember that. So try to become an ambassador of sorts for that product or service that you recommend. That's number three. Number four, make it relevant and get creative. The two most common affiliate promotion techniques I hear are either fig sponsorships, that's where you might hear something like, this episode is brought to you by, and that kind of thing, if it's an affiliate link, is a bit questionable on the legality of it, because that makes it sound like that affiliate is a sponsor and they're endorsing your podcast, and that might not be the case at all. So you need to be very careful with those kinds of things that sound like fake sponsorships. Make sure you read the terms of service with the affiliate program. Now, there are some programs like Audible, for example, does recommend that you use language like that. So that's fine. But then there are other places that you probably shouldn't do that kind of thing. The other common affiliate promotion technique I often hear are contextual recommendations. Like buy this thing we've been talking about at such and such website. 
Contextual recommendations will definitely be the most relevant to your audience. For example, when you're talking about a particular book, that's a perfect opportunity to promote your affiliate link for that book. I do that when I'm talking about different products and services. I don't drop in a link for every single thing I mention, but there are those times when I can say, hey, if you want to get the ElectroVoice RE320, it's the microphone I use, and you've heard me talk about it before, then go to the audacitypodcast.com slash RE320. That's an in-context relevant recommendation. But you can also get creative with your promotions. You could have some kind of special segment in your episodes that promotes an affiliate or maybe simply promotes a product and sometimes those promotions are promoting affiliates. Those segments could be things like what I'm listening to or reading or watching this week or something like a, a tool or tip or recommendation of the week. Here are a couple examples of these, and I wrote these down in the show notes for episode 285 at the slash affiliate tips in case you want to copy this format from these examples. Here's example one. The featured podcaster microphone of the week is the ElectroVoice RE320. I use this microphone myself, and so do Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting and Stargate Pioneer from Better Podcasting. Tweet me if you use an ElectroVoice RE320 as well. And if you would like to use the same great microphone, learn more about it and buy it through the audacitypodcast.com slash RE320, and that will help support the podcast. And you see what I did there? I made it kind of a community thing. And beforehand, I could say, hey, tweet me what microphone you use. And I collect all of these things. And then next week, I say the featured podcaster microphone of this week is the such and such microphone. And these are all the people and the podcasts that use this microphone, that kind of thing. So I can make it a community, a fun thing. Here's another example you could use. The tool of the week is Text Expander, suggested by John Doe. This is what he uses to save time entering simple and even complicated text into almost anything. When we looked at Text Expander, we can see why John and many others recommended it. Visit theaudacitypodcast.com slash textexpander to learn more, get your own copy, and even support the podcast at no extra cost to you. Thanks for the suggestion, John. This will really help us in our productivity. So again, you see, I've made something that my audience can submit to. And yes, I'm promoting an affiliate product, but there may be times when someone else will recommend a product that might not be an affiliate. And that's where your ethics come in is, do you still recommend a great product even if you're not going to get paid for it? I hope your answer is yes. This is number four, make it relevant and get creative. Number five, give simple calls to action. If you're going to recommend a product, ensure the process for your audience is as simple as possible. If you have to give instructions beyond visiting a simple URL or using a promo code, then you probably need to simplify it. For example, Asking people to visit your website, find a banner in your sidebar, click the banner or search for their product from their banner, or click through to the website, then search for the product and then purchase it is too many steps. Instead, give them a simple and memorable URL and also include that in your show notes. This is one reason I so often recommend PrettyLink, either the light version, which is free, or the pro version, which is paid. It's then much easier for me and for my audience if I say, For example, try SiteGround's great web hosting at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash SiteGround. Both free and paid versions of PrettyLink allow you to make those simple URL redirects, which, by the way, should be 307 temporary redirects if you're redirecting to anything that's outside of your own website. If you have a lot of URLs or recommendations, then point your audience to your show notes for the appropriate links. For example, 
In this episode, I say visit theaudacitypodcast.com slash affiliate tips for the links to everything I'm recommending and for more information on any of these. Instead of overwhelming you with dozens of different links, visit theaudacitypodcast.com slash expander, visit theaudacitypodcast.com slash prettylinkpro, and theaudacitypodcast.com slash easyazon, and theaudacitypodcast.com slash this and that and here and there. And that can start to get way overwhelming. You won't remember any of that stuff. But if I can point you to a single place where then it has the other links, that's much better. That's why I'm a big proponent of thorough show notes and why they can be effective for you. You can point people to that and from there they can get the other links that they need. This is number five, give simple calls to action. Number six, track each podcast's earnings separately. Most affiliate programs allow you to add sites, campaigns, tracking IDs, or other forms of tracking, and this allows you to see which podcast, or you could kind of call it a brand, is earning income. And this also means you don't have to create multiple affiliate accounts with separate usernames and passwords, which is especially nice with platforms like Amazon Associates, where your percentage of earnings goes up when you refer more sales. I don't recommend that you get crazy making separate campaigns for every single episode of your podcast unless the process is super simple and maybe even as simple as simply changing something in the URL that you're linking to. You don't have to log into the website and create some new account or a tracking ID or anything like that like you do with Amazon. But try starting out simply with tracking the separate podcasts or brands that you own. When I first started the Podcasting Deal Alerts newsletter, which I still do to this day and send out deals whenever I find it, the emails are much more frequent around the holidays, but still there are deals throughout the week and months and the the off-holiday season, plenty of great deals out there. And you can sign up for that, by the way, theaudacitypodcast.com slash deals. The link for that is in the show notes for this episode. When I started that email newsletter, I made the mistake of using the same Amazon tracking ID as the Audacity to Podcast uses. So thus, after a very profitable holiday season, when I started that around Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all of those sales and specials going on around that time, I had no idea whether the increase in the profit during that season was from the deal alerts. Yeah, it was a great income month for affiliate sales, but I didn't actually know where that was coming from. Now... I have separate tracking IDs for the deal alerts so I can see how profitable it is to my subscribers. So I can see, are they buying the things I'm recommending? Are they opening these emails? Does it seem like they're taking advantage of these deals? And of course, I can also see how profitable is it to myself. Am I making $1 a month for the hours and hours that I spend on this? Or am I making hundreds of dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month? Is it basically worth it to me and to my audience for me to continue this kind of thing? I can see that when I split the income out by podcast with these separate tracking abilities that the affiliate systems allow me to use. This could also be really important for you if you have a co-host and money can make things complicated with a co-host. That's why you really should have some kind of agreement in place beforehand. How is the income split up? What are you agreeing to? And then if you have multiple podcasts, you can look at your income reports from these affiliate companies and see, okay, I made this much from podcast A, so that needs to be split up 50-50 with my co-host. But all of this income from podcast B, I get to keep that because I host that podcast by myself. I get to keep all of that. 
When you split the income amounts out, then it's very easy to see that. And that's number six, track each podcast's earnings separately. Number seven, comply with laws, terms, and common sense ethics. Money makes probably everything complicated. It's best for you to disclose when you'll be compensated for a recommendation. Some places, countries, states, regions do actually require that. I know that this can feel a little tricky because when you tell people that you'll get compensated in some way and you do disclose that, then your audience may think you're compromising your morals simply for a few dollars. In other words, that you're recommending that thing only because you're going to get paid for recommending that thing. That's where you really have to be regularly investing in building your authority, reputation, and influence. And also, how you promote the affiliate deal can inspire or dispel suspicions that you're doing it for wrong reasons. Furthermore, make sure you read the terms of your affiliate relationship. The most common things you need to know are where and how you're allowed to promote your affiliate relationship. For example, can you have a domain that has the name of that company in the domain? Or can you have a subdomain or a URL? Or what are you allowed to put on your website? What kind of website is and isn't allowed to have an affiliate link to that product or service? With any affiliate link, it's reasonable. And I'd say you could probably assume this for all affiliate programs, and you'd probably be correct, that using your own affiliate link when you purchase the product or service, is against their terms and will probably get you kicked out from their system. Also consider common sense ethics. For example, don't promote illegal activities. Don't promote adult things to an audience of minors. Don't promote scams or marketing traps and other stuff like that. That's common sense stuff, really, that I know you have common sense, but I felt like I needed to say this anyway. There was a close call that I faced one time with my Once Upon a Time podcast. A potential affiliate approached me with an offer that sounded like a perfect fit for the audience of that podcast. We set up the agreement, and then they gave me the affiliate URL, and I decided to test it first. And I visited it, and I visited a block page from my ad blocker in my browser. I thought that was a little odd, but it's not completely unheard of because... Many times ad blockers will block some of these tracking URLs and such that go through affiliate systems. So I made an exception for that one URL. Then the next URL came through. It was also blocked. Another URL also blocked. Another one. This URL bounced through about 10 questionable URLs. Most of them, if not all of them, were blocked by my ad blocker. I eventually just turned off my ad blocker because I wanted to see where this was eventually ending up, because even that final landing page that ended up had so much content blocked by my ad blocker that the page was not even usable. That horrified me enough already with where all it was bouncing through the internet and everything that was being tracked and who was getting this information. And then the final landing page, uh, how, did, how can I describe this? It, it, it felt so much like a scam. The, the branding on the page, the text on the page, the design of the page. You know what those pages look like, right? You visit them on the internet or you see them. They look like, eh, run away, run away. That's what the final landing page looked like here. It, it seemed like it was really an email harvesting tool to add people to an email marketing list. And in other words, this all said spam. 
to me. I immediately ended that relationship and I explained why I was ending that relationship with that company to that company. They didn't change anything. They tried to win me back, but I told them, no, I'm sorry. This is, this is completely unacceptable. It seems unethical. I could not in good conscience recommend this to my audience because of all of these things that are going on. And even the final landing page for this, even if you weren't bouncing through all these URLs, so much else about this doesn't smell right, doesn't sound right. This is no good. I wanted to put our reputation and the relationship that I built with our audience above the potential income that we could have earned from that. And they said this deal was one of their most profitable affiliates they offered. And they were seeing great returns, like really high percentages and people earning a lot of money from it. Great, you know, good for them. But I will not apologize for this. I wanted to protect my audience from what looked like spam. And it really looked like a scam. I can't say it was a scam, but it looked like one. It felt like one. I was not comfortable with that at all. And that's the common sense ethics kind of stuff you have to figure out is, does this seem like something that my audience would trust? Am I hurting my own reputation by recommending this thing? I'm pitched quite often for JV opportunities, joint venture opportunities. Some are from people I do trust. I know them in real life, like Ray Edwards. I've promoted his writing and copywriting courses before. I know Ray Edwards in real life. I trust him. He's an authority in the space. He makes great stuff. And there have been times when I've promoted one of his joint venture affiliate things, and I have profited somewhat from that. I didn't promote it as heavily as other people did. But I promoted it what I thought was enough, and that was fine. There are other things I've seen, even from him or others, that I felt like it's a great-looking thing. It seems ethical and everything. I just feel like it's not a good fit for my audience. And if I promote this to my audience, as nice and as ethical as the thing looks to be that I'm promoting, I feel like I would be compromising to my audience by promoting something that realistically is more of a money-making scheme. Not that the thing itself is a money-making scheme, but my promoting it to my audience would seem like I'm doing a money-making scheme. Your relationship with your audience is worth far more than money. So be very, very careful and respectful of that relationship and your own reputation. Remember, you're not protecting only yourself. You need to protect your audience too. That's number seven, Comply with laws, terms, and common sense ethics. Number eight, simplify your processes. Promoting and linking to different affiliates can start to get complicated. And here are then the three top tools I recommend to simplify your own processes for promoting and making these separate affiliate links. First, text expander. This can make linking to affiliates as quick as typing a short abbreviation. For example, you could do .az, then links to Amazon with your affiliate program. Or you could have .atr, and that links to the ATR2100 USB microphone with your affiliate link. 
You can also do much fancier things like turning a standard URL that you copy and paste from the browser into an affiliate URL. I do some really cool, neat things like that with Text Expander and JavaScript and shell scripts and curl commands and all kinds of stuff like that to do really neat things that make the process much easier for me. Like those deal emails that I often send out. If it's an Amazon deal that includes the link, the name of the product, the sale price, the regular price, the the affiliate link to the product and several other things, that takes me about a minute to make total from simply one URL that's processed and reprocessed and reprocessed through Text Expander with different little snippets that I've set up. And I'll be sharing some of those snippets and guidance for how to make those inside of Podcasters Society for the members there. The second tool to help simplify your process is Pretty Link Pro. This is one of my favorite and most valuable WordPress plugins. Not only does it allow for easily making friendly links like slash affiliate tips, but the pro version can do more advanced things such as automatically hyperlinking keywords with your affiliate link. Like if you look at this section number eight in the show notes and you see Pretty Link Pro there, that is automatically hyperlinked. I didn't have to select the text and hyperlink it myself. Pretty Link Pro hyperlinked it for me. Version 2 can also dynamically redirect users based on their location. So for example, the audacitypodcast.com slash Amazon takes visitors in the United States of America to Amazon.com. But people who are in Canada are taken to Amazon.ca, the Canadian store. And it works that way for other countries as well. The third tool to help simplify your processes for making these affiliate links is Easy Azon Pro. This is my favorite Amazon affiliate link maker for WordPress. Inserting Amazon affiliate links into your WordPress content is as easy as a couple of buttons and some searching, and all without leaving WordPress. You don't have to go to Amazon.com, find your product, click on a little button, or go into the Amazon Associates panel, search for it, choose the right options and all of that. It's much faster doing it right inside of WordPress. I've tested some of the other free and premium Amazon affiliate link maker tools for WordPress, and I didn't really like them that much. Not only does this make it easier for creating those links, but Easy Azon Pro links can also be internationalized so that visitors in other countries will be taken to the relevant search results or even directly to the product in their country's Amazon store. So these are three tools that really simplify your process. Text Expander, Pretty Link Pro, and Easy Azon Pro. I have links to those in the show notes at the com slash affiliate tips. And that's number eight, simplify your processes. Number nine, remember your international audience. Because podcasting is global and you probably have an audience outside your own country, ensure your affiliate links work for the majority of your international audience. Some promotions may be limited to only a particular country and thus can't really be helped. Others may be available worldwide and others such as Amazon may need to be localized Because people in one country may not be able to buy from the website you're linking to, but there may be a sister website that they can buy from. This is where those plugins I really like, Pretty Link Pro and Easy Azon Pro, can make things much easier by allowing you to automatically internationalize your links. You could do this as simply as when you hyperlink to a product, they click it, and it takes them automatically to the search results for that product name in their local Amazon store. But you can also get more intelligent about this. 
For example, I might want to point you to slash ATR2100 to buy the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB microphone. You've heard me and other podcasters talk about why that microphone is so great. But in the United Kingdom, that microphone is twice the cost of a very similar microphone with the same features, same quality. It's actually even a tiny bit more sensitive, so it's a little louder in its recordings. That's the Samson Q2U. So I could make slash ATR2100 point U.S. visitors to the ATR2100 USB microphone, which may or may not be at a good price here in the United States. But for United Kingdom visitors, it points them to the Samsung Q2U, which is half the price of the ATR2100 or may be available where the ATR2100 isn't even available in their country. So I could do that kind of intelligent redirecting to point them to a worthy equivalent that is available to them in their country. That's number nine. Remember your international audience. And number 10, be patient. Affiliate income is usually a slow build. When your content is timeless and has good long tail, that is, it lasts for a really long time, your old episodes are still being downloaded a lot, every affiliate promotion has the potential to exponentially increase your income. Here's how this works. Assume that every episode you publish has one affiliate link in it. With only one published episode, you have one opportunity to earn money from every podsumer. That's my term for podcast consumers. Podsumer, podcast consumer, get it, podsumer. 50 episodes later, and you have 50 times as many opportunities to earn some money from those episodes. Plus, any one of your old episodes could be found at any time and inspire someone to purchase that thing through your link. Even though your episode could be years old, it could still be earning you money. Here's another way to look at it. Assume each episode of your podcast earns $1 its first month, $0.50 the next month, and then $0.10 per month every month after that. With 50 published episodes, you could be earning $5 per month from episodes you already published in addition to what you earn from each new episode that you continue to publish. And then with each new episode, it continues to add to that amount, $5 a month, $6 a month, $7 a month. It helps that grow exponentially because that historical income is coming in and all of those past episodes are earning money as well as your new episodes that you publish are helping you earn more money and you're growing your audience. Your income is increasing exponentially. Yes, you do also get a great larger wave of income with each new episode, but every wave still leaves continuing ripples of income. So don't think of it as only the episode you publish today can earn money, but all of the episodes you've published before can earn money. I think that's how my affiliate income has grown so well from the Audacity to Podcast is, for one thing, I have always sought to give value before asking for value back. Now, in many, many episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, there have happened to be affiliate links in them. Some have more affiliate links than others. Other episodes may not have any affiliate links. But those episodes, because of their timeless nature, are continuing to earn money. As people find a review I did of a product years ago, They like that product, they like the review, they decide that product is right for them, they buy it through that link. I didn't create a new review about that. It's an older review that's still timeless and people are still finding it and it's still earning me money. 
So that's number 10, be patient. Again, these 10 tips for monetizing your podcast with affiliates are available in the show notes for episode 285 at com slash affiliate tips. And those tips are, number one, seek to meet your audience's needs. Number two, promote what you truly believe in. Number three, become an ambassador. Number four, make it relevant and get creative. Number five, give simple calls to action. Number six, track each podcast's earnings separately. Number seven, comply with laws, terms, and common sense ethics. Number eight, simplify your processes. Number nine, remember your international audience. And number 10, be patient. What's been the most effective thing for you in using affiliate links, whether it be a tool, a technique, a principle, an idea, some approach that you've taken? I'd love to hear from you, so please comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash affiliate tips or tweet me at the Daniel J. Lewis, and I'd love to hear from you what has worked really well for you in promoting some affiliate. And it doesn't have to be an extremely impressive number, like, oh, I made $10,000 from this sort of thing, although that would be really cool. But it could simply be, I wasn't making any money. I made my first couple dollars because I changed this about how I promote the affiliate, or I started promoting affiliates, and this has been working really well. I can now pay for my hosting, or I can just enjoy a coffee once a week, or whatever it is. I'd love to hear from you, so please comment on those show notes and share this episode out if you think it will help other podcasters. Go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash affiliate tips for the show notes and sharing links. I'd like to thank two people for writing kind reviews for the Audacity to Podcast in iTunes. T. Adams for you said, I just discovered this podcast and I must say I'm learning a lot. Great job and thanks for the info. Well, you're very welcome, T. Adams for you. I'd love to hear what your podcast is so you can comment on the show notes to let us know what your podcast is or tweet me sometime. Also, another podcast review that came from the United States is from Robert or Kohalet 1213 from the Theology Simply Profound podcast. And he said, excellent source for learning how to and sustaining your podcast. I first learned of this excellent resource just looking for help with audacity as I was beginning a podcast for the first time for our church, Theology Simply Profound. Since then, I've used this remarkable website and podcast to help with everything from audio quality to WordPress technical issues. Most of all, Daniel is just a great encouragement. Thanks much. I want you to hear a little sample of Robert's podcast that he's working with from his church. Welcome to Theology Simply Profound, a podcast of Westminster Orthodox Presbyterian Church, where God powerfully speaks through his means of grace. This is episode 41. When I was in college and took the class Hebrews through Revelation, we called it heebie-jeebies. The book of Revelation has made people either obsess over the details of the book or else close their eyes, hide in a corner, and pretend it doesn't exist. So if you want to learn more about Robert's podcast and maybe check it out, I have the link to Theology Simply Profound in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash affiliate tips. If you write a review for The Audacity to Podcast, please make sure that you mention the name of your podcast so that I can try to include a little excerpt in here so you can get a little cross promotion, you can hear your podcast, and it's just a lot of fun to know what other podcasters 
and podcasts that I'm helping with the Audacity to Podcast. Thank you very much for that. And I have that link to review the podcast and also for Robert's podcast in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash affiliate tips. I'm really looking forward to WordCamp Cincinnati. That is October 15th through the 16th. If you can join me there, then I'd love for you to come see my presentation, How to Podcast with WordPress. I have the link to that conference, so you can register for that in the greater Cincinnati area in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash affiliate tips. Please go to that same site to let me know how affiliates are working most effectively for you. And maybe you try some of these things and you can share your experience or you have some other tips to add to this. Visit the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash affiliate tips or tweet me at the Daniel J. Lewis. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.